It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. This is David. I'm flying solo this week without Chris. He has the... uh, the week off, but uh, I've got something uh, really fun that's come together literally in a matter of hours, and um, I'm really uh, excited about it. Before we get going, I do want to tell you to follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed. Follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. Leave us a nice review, and uh, if you do, we'll put a little something in the mail for you uh, to thank you for your uh, efforts. Anyway, so if you listen to this podcast, you know the Black Crows are, are my favorite band of all time, and I consider Southern Harmony Musical Companion, to me, is, is one of the most perfect albums ever recorded. And uh, with that said, I, I've always been plugged into the different Black Crows message boards, and now that you know they, they are no more, and I don't personally I don't ever see them sharing a stage again. But uh, the Magpie Salute, which is uh, Sven Pippian, Mark Ford, and Rich Robinson of the Black Crows, it's their band. Uh, that is out now. I'm actually about to release their debut studio album. As we record this, tomorrow is going to be the official release date of their um, of the song off that album. The album uh, is going to come out in August. So um, I'm a lurker on, on the Magpie Salute boards. I don't really post that much. But this morning I decided I was going to post if any fellow Crows fans wanted to uh, uh, talk with me about the Black Crows. And I got so many responses that I kind of had to alter my plan. And so what I, what I plan on doing over the next six months or so is uh, picking one of the, the fans off of there and uh, us discussing an album because, quite frankly, it was so many people wanted to, uh, to be on it that uh, we'd run out of albums real quick but, um, or run out of uh, uh, show space. So anyway, the first person to respond to me was uh, Jessica Colreco from, uh, I believe you're from Long Island. Is that right, Jessica? That's correct. Awesome. Well, she uh, was the first one to respond to me, and so uh, I messaged her back on Facebook, and before you know it, she was like, I'm available this afternoon. Uh, I'm off work today, so um, we threw this together. Neither one of us have done any show prep. This is just going to be kind of off the cuff and raw, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about our love of all things Black Crows, and we're going to focus a lot of our attention on their debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, which came out in 1990. So, uh, without further ado, Jessica, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem, no problem. So, uh, we were talking just for a minute or two before uh, before we went on the air, and you became a Black Crows fan initially, uh, initially when they first uh, released this album, correct? 
Correct, correct, yes. I wanted to know who that skinny, funny guy was on MTV. <laughs> so, what, what was your first memory of them? Uh, just seeing them on MTV and, and saying to myself, who are these guys, and who's singing Otis Redding, because I'm a big Otis Redding fan, right. and I knew off, right off the, immediately that it was an Otis Redding cover, and it was very catchy, and I'm more of a um, a melody person than I am a lyric person, mm -hmm. and that's what gets me on a song, is a melody, and it just, I just connected immediately, and MTV had a lot to do with it back then. Yeah, that was back when they actually played uh, played videos. You know, one of the things that, that I've talked about on here before that I think is so remarkable is, um, I mean, I, I, I was 14 when this album came out, and I was, you know, heavily into Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard, and you had this album come out, and it was basically, didn't sound like anything else that you heard on the radio that was current. Now, it sounded like stuff you would hear on classic rock. But Correct. the fact that this album sold as well as it did, and it was able to make the connection because it had to overcome a lot of barriers. It had to overcome, you had, uh, hip-hop was really starting to take off. You had, uh, you know, the pop princesses like Madonna and Mariah Carey, and then you had, you know, the Poisons, the Motley Crues, and Warrants of the World dominating, you know, MTV. And this little band from Georgia uh, like you said, puts out this cover song, Hard to Handle, and they just exploded. And the fact that they were able to sell as many albums as they did, I think it's remarkable. Oh, I, you know, you talk about, you were into all the, the heavy metal. Mm -hmm. And to me, everybody was just listening to grunge music, and I couldn't grasp it. I never grasped grunge. I was never into Nirvana or Pearl Jam. And when, the, when I heard The Crows, it was such a fresh... A, you know, a fresher breath air, and and they they just they were the rock and roll that I've been looking for all these years that you didn't hear anymore. Right. So you you first hear them and you're like, I've got to I've I've got to know more. Do you go out and buy the? I guess it would probably be a CD at the time. No, I actually stole the cassette from my friend Debbie, and she knows. So if she hears this podcast. <laughs> I'm not getting myself in trouble. <laughs> I swiped it out of her car and said, I've got to listen to this more because she was listening to it. I said, where'd you get this from? She goes, I took it from Brian and that was her boyfriend. So I took it from her. So you and got I, you, you got into it with uh with stealing. That's uh that's yeah. that that's funny. <laughs> so when you when you started getting into the crows, uh when was the first time you actually got to see them live? Believe it or not, I didn't get to see them live until 94, and I didn't see them as the Crows. I saw them as Blessed Chloroform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was all word of mouth. You know, it was buy, get there, first one, first one, first one online, you know, first one at the door. I was the first one to buy a ticket. I ran up to the stage, and my life was changed forever. And I'll never, September 10th, 1994. So you, um, saw, you saw them with... Uh with the original band minus uh, Jeff C's and, and Ford was obvious. So that would have been on the American tour, right? Or right beforehand? Right before America. Okay. Yep. Am America or Bust was the name of the tour, wasn't it? Yes. Correct. Right. correct. Cool. So how many times have you seen them? Over a hundred. Really? Okay. Just, yeah. See, I've only, I've only seen them, I think about 20 times. Yeah. I um, put a lot of guts and money and travel time and tires and oil changes into them and I, I was lucky I was able to travel from 2005 to 2010 and 
just have it my way, basically. And so, how many times have you seen Magpie? Um, I think I'm up to seven. Wow. Okay, I've just seen them once. Um, yeah. And have you seen uh, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood? Any? I have. I have. Um, I I don't. It's I'm just not into it. I I know how. You know, a lot of people. I'm I'm not going to down him. He's doing what he wants to do. I'm not a fan of his anymore. I'm, I'm very hurt personally by what he's done, and um, you know, I, I put like I said, I put a, a lot of time and a lot of money into this band, and and you treated the fans pretty poorly. So I don't think that I want to treat you. I'm gonna treat you the same way you just treated me, basically. Right. I'm not well, gonna support you. Well, I'll tell you, I, I've I've evolved on the issue. Uh, I had the same the same feelings that you had for the first couple of years and um i bought big moon big moon ritual when it came out you know the first crb album and, and i had the other stuff with new earth, new earth mud but i bought the first uh, crb album came out and i was i just like it just doesn't have to me it doesn't have the soul and the heart you know that the crows did but and I, i'm like you i was angry because i felt like he's probably I'm sure there's there's Rich's side, there's Chris's side, and somewhere in the middle there's probably the truth. But just if if I were to, you know, my wife's an attorney and she's taught me about like, uh, you know, in like civil cases, you you assess liability. This person is seventy percent to blame, or this person's thirty percent to blame. I would have to say, I mean, just based on what I've heard, you probably got to say it's probably eighty-five percent. You know, Chris, or, or a lot of people may say ninety-nine point nine 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 percent. But I, I, I have evolved on it. Um, about six months ago, I was listening to some CRV, and it just hit me. And I do enjoy it. Now, it doesn't take the place of the Crows. Uh, you know, Magpie, to me, I think you, we have to look at that almost as a blessing, though, because those guys are playing what they want to play. There's no more, as uh, Rich says, there's no more of the disco song, uh, you know, off of uh, the, the last album. But... Um, I went to see As the Crow Flies in New Orleans, and I actually paid for the meet and greet. And I was, I was nervous, but I said, this may be my only shot, you know, to, to get to meet Chris like this. And uh, he could not have been any nicer uh, to me. Actually, I think he spent more time talking to me than anybody else that was in line. And, uh, you know, we just shared a cool moment. I, you know, I've got a picture, you know, with him and everything now. But I completely understand, you know, how both sides feel like i said i look at it now like i enjoy the crb and it's nothing like the crows but magpie it gets up there to me almost as good um and, and we got our boy mark ford back oh yeah yeah um, Same. so um all right so you've seen them about a hundred times what is your favorite show you know i I've been to so many. I one that the first one that came to my head was obviously the night um, I won the last Black Crows Halloween costume contest. Oh, that's awesome! Was and that he, when they was that when they did BCDC? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, actually, that was Chicago the year before. Uh, they didn't come out as anything, I believe. They okay. didn't do any type of you know uh, cover. So, sure, real quick, i got to ask you, what did you dress up as? I was Sister Luck. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I had this green dress on with this big boa made of fake $100 bills, obviously. <laughs> and, 
you know, we're in Harlem. Some little kid's like, are those real? <laughs> <laughs> and, and this hat that was a roulette table. And, and I had dice ears. And it was pretty funny. And uh, I'm sure you know who Boa is. Yeah. Boa grabbed me and he goes, now that's what we're looking for. And he gave me a, a, a little pass to go meet where everybody was meeting for the contest and the next thing I knew I was on stage waving everybody <laughs> oh that's awesome do you have you have photos of that oh yeah I have a big trophy oh cool and, cool yeah, I'm looking at it right now it's one of my rock and roll memorabilia that was a fun night um you know, there there have been so many. It would take a long time for me to actually search my my brain. I I do um, the night that I met Sven. The first night that I met Sven. Mm-hmm. The the run. It was a DC run, and we ended up staying in the same hotel that they did. And when we got back to the hotel, they came in the back way at the same time. We all kind of like just crashed into each other in the lobby. Mm-hmm. We all started talking, and the next thing I know, I'm taking pictures with Sven, and that has led to a very wonderful relationship with a really wonderful guy. I, I'm not going to say I know him personally, but I, I, I do have access to the band. I, I have been backstage, I, especially with Magpie. Not with the, with the Crows, I've been backstage a few times. But more so with Magpie on this tour because it's more relaxed. It's more there's no tension backstage anymore. There's no tension on stage anymore. Right. And um, you know his birthday was the other day. I just texted him and I was like, "Hey, happy birthday!" He's like, "Oh, thanks for reaching out." And well, he like, seems yeah. he seems like a really nice guy, and I think that a lot of people don't appreciate his contributions. Um, because he he's an amazing backing singer and and a, yes. a very not to mention a very good bass player. Oh, he is fantastic. And problem is he doesn't give himself enough credit. And I'm always telling him that you know if you smile on the outside, you're going to smile on the inside. And, right. You know people love you, Sven. And he he's just he's not he's shy. He's actually a very shy guy. And but he's he's so personable. And he just loves what he's doing again. And he, he loves working with Rich. And I, he loves being with Sven. They're, they're two. They're like, you know, freaking frat those two. They're fun. One of the things I thought was so cool, I saw them in New Orleans at the House of Blues. And I, I stood in front of Rich. Rich smiled the entire, the entire time. All the time, then. All the time. Every picture that I see of him, he's smiling. He's so... He's so relaxed. He, you know, he's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I can see that. And he actually, he told a few jokes from the, uh, um, yes. from the stage. And I, I don't know. I'm sure you feel the same way I do. When, when you go to a show and you see Rich Robinson on one side of the stage and Mark Ford on the other side of the stage, all is right with the world. Completely. Um, Completely. And, and hopefully, I know Mark was battling some health issues uh, during. Um, uh, that last run, and I hope he's up to full speed this time. I actually, I I wasn't prepared, or I would have I would have stopped him longer. But I was um, I actually went to the show by myself, so I got down there the day of, and I went around the corner to a little restaurant. And are you, have you ever been to the French Quarter in New yes. Orleans? Okay, went to you know there's just you know there's bar that's all it is is bars and restaurants. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so uh, I'm walking to the show, going to try to get there early, and I look up, and it's just me and Mark Ford on the street, and I'm just kind of like. I've, 
caught me by surprise, and I just said, hey, Mark, and he says, hey, you know, and we kept on going. That was my Mark Ford interaction, but, um, yeah, so you, I went to see Magpie, and I was just struck by how much fun they were all having, and, you know, I know they've pared the band down now, apparently. It looks like maybe some of the backup singers and, and Nico aren't going to be there, but um, one of the things I, I would compare them to is to how I think they're building their brand. Are, are you familiar with the Tedeschi Trucks band? Absolutely, yeah. All right, so, you know, they've got like 11 or 12 people on stage and, uh, you know, and just toured relentlessly and built their name up. And I kind of see that as the the trajectory that Magpie's on. Um, Yes. Because they captured they captured the magic of the crows at least the night that I saw them and I I've got probably ten or fifteen shows downloaded on Nugs and you know it's it's so good you hear them play the really rare stuff like when I saw them they played uh, Don't Wake Me you know one of the uh, B sides off of uh, Moneymaker and I think Rich said this is the first time I have played this in twenty five years so uh, you know they're really hitting the back catalog. All right, so you've we'll get back to the touring quest. You've seen them about a hundred times. What's the furthest you've traveled to see them? Um, I've done the Midwest and all the way east. Okay. So I guess the furthest I've ever seen. I mean, I've been down to Memphis, Kentucky, Chicago, St. Louis. So I did that whole mid-state. That's the furthest that I've been. When did and, you when did you see them in Memphis? A uh, couple of times. I've seen them. They played on that. There's that little island. Mud Island, yeah. Yeah, Mud Island. I saw them there. I saw them at um, uh, Memphis in May a couple of times. So yeah, I've been to Memphis a few times to see them. I'll mm-hmm. tell you one great thing. Mm-hmm. One time I saw them in Florida. I saw the Black Crows. At, they closed a festival in Sunrise, Florida, and they played from like seven o'clock to nine o'clock. And I left at a quarter to nine. I heard the encore as I was leaving, and I hopped in my car and I went down a couple of miles, and I got to the main coliseum that they have there, you know, venue. And I went and saw the Rolling Stones. So I saw the Crows and the Stones on the same day in the same state, in the same city, in different venues. <laughs> now, that's a, that's a once-in-a-lifetime event there. Yes, yes. When you saw the Crows in Memphis at Mud Island, by chance were the drive-by truckers opening? I believe they were. I was at I that be- show, yeah. I believe that they were, yes, yes, because they were on tour with drive-by truckers yeah, at I- that time. I live in uh, I live in Jackson, Mississippi, and I've seen them uh, like you. I've seen them all traveled all over the South to see them. Seen them at Mud Island a couple of times. Uh, that's a cool venue, kind of basically si- uh, almost in the Mississippi River. Um, yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, so you've seen them a bunch. You've uh, I- I'm sure you're like me. You're an archivist. You probably have everything they've ever released, at least two copies of. Mm-hmm. What is your most valued piece of Crow's memorabilia? I've got two. I've got my Southern Harmony music Himmel. Mm-hmm. Oh, you actually got that. I have a Himmel, the great story. It was I. Uh, I bid it on on eBay. I said I'm not paying any more than fifty dollars for this thing. I'm not doing it. And I obviously didn't win. The guy that won reneged. The second guy that won reneged. So the guy took my offer of fifty dollars, and I got it for fifty dollars on eBay. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Great condition. 
And then uh, the night of my 100th show, I was wearing a sash that said 100, and Sven took it, and he had everybody sign it for me. Wow. So wow. That, yeah, that, that was really special. But I've got little things that I just love, like, um, you know, I collect all the drumsticks. I have a very special drumstick that was given to me by a friend that's no longer with us that is signed by Steve and has a little drawing of a guy playing a drum set on it. And it says the Black Crows, and it's got the logo. And when I showed it on the, you know, board, you know, online, a lot of people were like, that's from the original tour. I was like, really? So I don't know how my friend got it, but he gave it to me, so it was really special. Would, would that have been when they were ZZ Top? Yes. Wow. So I don't think they played a, just a lot of those shows before they got booted. Isn't that correct? Correct. Correct. Wow. They so, that, so yeah, uh, Steve Gorman, one of the uh, one of the great rock drummers of our generation um i often i mean I, i'm not a musician I, I mean i can strum a few uh you know chords on a guitar and obviously i know nothing about drumming but i do know good drumming when i hear it and steve corman uh is a great drummer and i, I kind of compare him playing with the crows to a little bit like with guns and roses they had steven adler and everybody in the band says that once steven adler left something was gone because he just had a certain swing that nobody could replicate, and I think that's the same thing with uh, with Steve. He's just an amazing drummer. Uh, love I love just watching him play because he's always smiling and making funny faces, you know, <laughs> while he plays. But uh, I listen to his. Uh, I, you ever listen to his uh, radio show? Podcast, yeah, I do. Sometimes I do. I'm not a big sports head, but he throws music in with it, so that you know makes it enjoyable for me. Right. I get right. to learn. Something. Yeah, I would. I would actually. Uh, I would love to get the opportunity just to. Uh, to, to meet him and because I feel like he's probably had a, the best front row seat to sibling rivalry uh, than anybody. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. let's get let's get back to Shake Your Money Maker. So uh, as we know, it, you know, it came out in 1990 on Rick Rubin's Def Jam. Um, well, was it is it Def Jam or American Records? I'm looking at it now. I keep. I think it's like both you know they went by both names yeah yeah that's right so um you know this album um you know produced twice as hard jealous again uh hard to handle she of course she talks to angels but really it's an album that to me only has one song that i skip and i'm sure i'm gonna make people mad when i say this i i'm not a big fan of seeing things oh i knew you were gonna say that you just skip <laughs> right in the heart you stand for you and I'm bleeding that is my favorite song off that album it grips me it rips my insides out it well it, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll walk it back a little bit I love seeing it <laughs> I love seeing it live live I, I enjoy it uh, for some reason I, I don't know why it just never has grabbed me on the uh, on the album so you remember stealing this CD that I was holding up to her um, yes well, so you steal it, you get home with it, uh, you immediately listen to it all the way through, or do you cherry pick the songs that you knew at the first? No, 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 no. I, I didn't steal a CD, I stole a cassette. Cassette, yeah, so cassette. I popped it in my car, and I was driving around with that baby, and I just just remember listening to the whole thing, and the whole thing just, it grabbed me. I And I, I couldn't stop listening to it, any of it. But seeing things was on repeat quite a few times. I do remember. It's just a song that, like I said, it rips me apart. It 
gets me, you know, when a song gets you. Right, yeah, and there's no there's no predicting that. It's just, it's in your yeah. DNA. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's so bluesy, and I'm so in tune with the blues, and I picked it up immediately, and, you know, I just, I felt it. Yeah, it has a has a great almost like southern gospel feel to it. Um, uh, I totally get what you're saying. So the first song on the album is "Twice as Hard," and uh, this is one of those songs. I guess you, if you want to call it one of the hits, that I never actually get tired of hearing this song live. Um, I always feel like it's got a little extra kick to it when they play it live, and uh, uh, I always love how they end the song. You know, it, it's not how they end it on the album, but. Twice as hard, you know, is one of the one of the songs they're they're known for. Is that is that a song that that resonates with you, or is it a skipper? It's a skipper. Really? Well, this is, is this is going well, huh? Yeah, it's a skipper. I'll tell you, my skippers off that record. Okay, what what, what are, are your what are your skippers? My skippers, believe it or not, are Jealous Again, and um, boy, I should have that album right in front of me, right? Uh, I should pull it up. Um, what we were just talking about the uh, you've got twice. You've, you just you've got twice handled, as hard. Right, twice as hard. Jealous again. Um, name them. Name the tracks. All right, so you've me. got twice as hard. Jealous again. Sister luck. Could I've been so blind? Seeing things hard to handle. Thick and thin. She talks to angels. Strutting blues and stare at cold. Okay, so add hard to handle into them. Not hard to handle, I'm sorry. Um, one of them you just said. Jealous again? Je- jealous again, thank you. Really, you don't... You don't. <laughs> Those three just, I don't know what it is about them, like, they just annoy me. And, <laughs> I, and that, you know, it's there are a couple of lines that get me that I do enjoy, and you'll find me boogieing every once in a while, but for the most part, I'll just skip right over them, and, and I'll head, like, to Sister Luck, and seeing things and thick and thin and, and strutting blues especially and what's the song with the car crash you know oh, what that's, I'm that's about? thick and thin yeah is it thick and thin with the yeah. car crash I, I think so at the beginning yes yeah for some reason almost every time that i've seen them play that song is almost always in in the set list a um, lot it's a, in a lot. a lot i think they had fun playing that so you mentioned Struttin' Blues. That's a great song. Have you ever been fortunate enough to see that played live? Because that's not one that has gotten pulled out a lot, in the last, I think, maybe after the first tour. I can't tell you offhand immediately. Uh-huh. I have to and just search. I think I've probably seen everything. I've been at so many sh- important shows I've been lucky. You know, like, where oh, they did this. Oh, right. they did that. And, there, I just have to look at my set list. I have so many set lists. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like the I like the whole album except for seeing things. If I was going to skip on it, it'd be that. The thing that I find so interesting about it though is this is kind of their they they really don't go back to this format the rest of their career. Maybe on By Your Side they they tried to maybe you know gra- grab some of this, but they go out and they tour, and I feel like they just from hearing Steve Gorman talk they just realized how good they were and you know became a, a well-oiled machine and went right into the studio to do southern harmony because uh, they had toured a lot and i don't think i think they came right off the road and and went straight to southern harmony do you find that that for casual black crows fans this is they think this is all they've ever done 
Yes, I believe that. And that's that's frustrating. It's very frustrating to me, and I blame that on <coughs> FM radio. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I agree completely. I, I have uh, friends that are, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to see the Black Crows. And they're like, are they still around? Uh, I haven't heard anything since she talks to angels. Yeah. And my jaw, well, at that point, I just go, they don't know anything about music. Uh, and so <laughs> why, why, argue with, why argue with them? You know, because you can't argue with that, you know. Um, but let's go to she talks to angels real quick. Um Obviously, probably their most popular. If you had, if you quiz the general public, that that are hard to handle is probably their two most popular songs. I'm actually not crazy about the version that's on this album. To me, the definitive version is the one they recorded for uh, Crowology um, with uh, Luther Dickinson, and you know they had they had all the different instrumentation. Now, to me, that that version moves me. This version, not so much. Are, are you are you high on that song or? Or is that kind of a downer for you as well? It it wasn't a downer in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It just lost its luster with me after so many years. And, you know, it's like when people scream out Freebird, you know. Right. I remember some knucklehead in Kentucky just screaming, She talks to angels! Right. It's like, shut up, dude. No, we don't want to hear that. We want to hear some deep track. Shut up. I know, and, and I feel like um, I feel like that song. I can't remember them writing another song that that was like that. And I've heard you know Rich say you know, hey, I wrote this when I was like sixteen. Well, Chris and I wrote. I was like sixteen, and Chris was like nineteen or whatever. You know, it was about somebody we kind of, sort of, maybe knew in uh, in Atlanta, and. Um, uh, it's it's a shame that you know people when they think of the Black Crows they only think of this album. And I'm sure there are other bands that I do that to. You know that I'm just a casual fan to, and I'm sure it irritates their uh, you know their fans because uh, I probably couldn't name a whole lot by Boston other than the, what's on the first album. So if any Boston fans are listening, I'm, I'm sorry. But um, so this album was 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 a big deal to you as it was to me. Um, we'll call it our gateway drug. Uh, yeah. Exactly. To the to the Black Crows, so how many times did you always say you didn't see them to '94? So when you did see them, were songs off this album other than seeing things? Did they kind of move you live, or, or was it uh, just something that um, you had to put up with because it's kind of what they had to play because it was their their hits? No, at the time, you know, when I first started seeing them, whatever they played was just resonating and, and making me dance and I loved everything because you know at the time Amorica was new and it was funny because I remember a friend of mine a musician saying to me you know hey the new Crows album came out what do you think of it and I had uh, give it gave it one listen at that point I was like eh, I don't know it's alright well of course now I know better <laughs> right <laughs> it's one of the most one of the best albums and it's just where are we going with this? What was the question again? Just you know, when you when you hear these songs live, did, did oh. initially initially did they move you? And now I know you're kind of like me; you'd rather hear some of the deeper stuff. But uh, right. at at, at the but at the time, you you really enjoyed it. Right, right. That's how it was. Everything everything resonated with me. And then from going to see the crows, whatever I was skipping on some of like. 
Oh, not that I ever skipped anything on um, Southern Harmony, but you know there were there were songs that I would skip, and it was not many, but you had some. But back to the original album, um, yeah, just those those couple of songs. Everything else, pretty much, I would listen to it over and over again. Yeah, one of the songs that always uh, sticks out to me live whenever they do it, my favorite Black Crow song of all time is my morning song. And, you know, they got at different times of their career, they would segue from that into Stare It Cold and then back, you know, into my morning song. And so when I think of songs I want to hear off of, of Moneymaker Live, uh, Stare It Cold and, and Twice As Hard are probably where I would go. I know you're not a big Twice As Hard fan. Um so let's let's move on from this album a little bit, and I just you're you're I love talking to you because I can tell you're a passionate fan like me, and and uh, it's really fun to you know get to spend some time with you and talk about this. You're talking about seeing them on the Amorca or Bus tour. Uh, that's a completely different band sonically by the time that album comes out from Shake Your Money Maker. Uh, Amorca to me of all their albums, Amorca was a grower for me when I first heard it. I was like, I don't know about this, and then gave it gave it a chance. And Southern Harmony is always going to be number one in my book, and uh, Amorca and Three Snakes are going to be one A and one one A and one A because I, I I view them basically the same. Um, what did you think of the the later incarnation, starting with uh, the By Your Side era? I guess you would say. I always enjoyed anything they ever put out. I've always enjoyed up until the fact. I think I only liked Cabin Fever because I was there when it was being recorded. Oh, so really? Back, yeah, it brought back a lot of memories for me. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, just that whole weekend. And, and um, I'm sorry, I lost train of thought again there. Sorry. No, we were just talking about uh, Amorca and how much of a different album that was from the debut album. You know, oh, they, yeah. they had grown so much sonically and, and lyrically from, from this album. Yes, yes, and they and they really solidified. I think their sound. Right, right, and they, you know, no better example is the opening track off of Morica for Gone. Uh, yeah, I saw a tweet the other day. I think maybe a couple months ago, Steve Gorman's like, "Hey, I went back and listened to Gone for the first time in, in forever," and he's like, "Man, we were a great band." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, so as we as we kind of wrap some of this up, uh, you're talking about we're talking about the later incarnation. So you said you've enjoyed them all." And you were lucky enough to be at the Cabin Fever shows. Um, so obviously you got to see uh, them up close and personal with uh, Luther Dickinson, who doesn't live too terribly far from me. Um, what, what were your, your thoughts on the Luther era? And I'll give you mine after I, after I hear yours. I loved it. I think he was, he did his best. I think he's an incredible slide player. He can play the blues. Like, I mean, come on. The guy makes a cigar box sound incredible. Right. <laughs> and I loved it. I, I really, 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 of all the replacements, mm-hmm. he was he was my favorite. I enjoyed Luther. Always do enjoy Luther. I think that they made a great decision when they decided to bring him on because it also turned a lot of people on to Luther. Right. Right. Yeah, he's a he's a road dog. They're all, the all stars are always uh, yeah. out on the road. Yeah, I, 
put his own spin on his on it, but it was a close runner up to Mark. He he made those strings move. Well, my I think the stuff that he recorded with them uh, on War Paint and uh, the last album, um, I thought for what he did on it, it sounded great because I think it was in his wheelhouse because their their sound had evolved yet yet again uh, more into that. Um, live sometimes on some of the Mark solos, uh, I think it just because he doesn't play with a pick. Um, sometimes some of the solos didn't have quite the bite that Mark did, but he also didn't really try to copy Mark note for note. So, uh, you know, he, he added his own spin to it, which you have to appreciate. And my favorite Crow show ever was with him. It was the second night at the Tabernacle in Atlanta on their last, uh, on the in 2010 on the say goodbye to the bad was it say goodbye no it wasn't say goodbye it was the uh, I forget the name of the tour say goodbye to the bad guys say goodbye to the bad guys tour yeah right? that's Wasn't yeah that? yeah in 2010 I I saw Roger Waters do the wall on on Thursday night third row Phillips Arena and then I saw the Crows Friday and Saturday night in their hometown of Atlanta it was just a special 72 hours all right Jessica so I've really enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to go to uh, what we like to do is just like to do a little rapid fire stuff. So just one or two sentences. Uh, first thing that comes to your head. Favorite Black Crows song? No Speak, No Slave. Oh, how's the Moon Tour uh, versions of that when they open the show? Man, it just makes the hair stand up on my arm. Completely. All right. Completely. I can't stop dancing. Your favorite unreleased track. Now, by, when I say that, I'm going to allow you to count anything off the Lost Crows because that was not a proper release. Um, wasn't Blackberry wasn't a proper release either, right? I think. Well, I mean, like, uh, like stuff like, like Bewildered or Feathers or uh, some of the the stuff that wasn't on the actual album. Oh, so from like Crowology, you're 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 saying like like off the Lost Crows, you know, you had like Tied Up and Swallowed. Uh, uh, yeah, tied up and swallowed. That brings back those memories. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rocker for sure. Yeah, yeah, that brings back memories of a Sayreville show in New Jersey. That's funny. All right, immediately that just popped into my head. Your your favorite tour that you've seen? My favorite tour had to be the first show that I ever saw. And that was Blessed Chloroform, right? Yes, that was Blessed Chloroform. Okay, all right. Your least favorite album? Um, it's kind of hard to. Wow, I don't. I don't even know how to answer that. Is there? There is none. I. I mean, I have to rate them in order of likeness. But okay, if you if you rated them in the order of likeness, which one would come in last? War paint, not war paint. I'm gonna say um, through the where were they going to the forest or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the last paint. album was it before the frost, after the freeze? I always get the name confused on that one for some reason. All right, favorite cover song you saw them perform? Oh wow! Um, you know, I used to love when they did um, "Feeling All Right." I loved it loved it but then you talk you know can i say that when they 
did the tour with Plant. I mean, they were doing covers. So. Right. Yeah, that counts. Ten Years Gone by oh. Ten Gone. That's um, probably my favorite Zeppelin song. Yeah, mine too. And I, know, I think it's Gorman's too. Is it? Yeah, that's, I think I've heard him say that. I would have to say uh, mine, as far as their favorite cover songs, I did get to see Feeling Alright. I saw that in Atlanta. Uh, mine would be a toss-up between uh, Fearless and Oh Sweet Nothing. Um, love both of those. You know, I didn't even think about Sweet Nothing because it's so new to me. I always go back to the old stuff, but I do love Oh Sweet Nothing. That's one track that I, I will put on repeat sometimes because I just love it when I'm driving. I know, and their version of it. I love it when they do the Hey Jude tease uh, in the middle of it with, uh, with Luther. All right, so... Um, one last thing, Crows related. Your favorite Magpie salute song that you've seen them play live? Out of excitement just because they played it or the way that it really sounded? You, you pick. I'm going to say when they busted out No Speak, No Slave at the Gramercy that first night after they did the Eddie tribute. Oh, I never thought I was going to hear that song live again. I I went so nuts that Sven actually commented to me about that. He made a comment to me when I saw him after the show. Spe- and, speaking of that show, the little tribute they did to Eddie beforehand and, the, and they launched into uh, Descending and the, uh, the curtain fell. Um Obviously, I wasn't there. I've watched it online many times, and uh, well, we haven't we haven't spoken his name yet. But Eddie Harsh, maybe the maybe the unsung hero of the Black Crows. Um, yeah. From all accounts, just a sweetheart of a guy. Um, and I've heard the, I've heard several members of the band say he was the best musician that's ever been in the band, um, and that they they all learned from him. He you know. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't need any more musical knowledge uh, from them that he had at all. And uh, I, I personally don't think anybody should ever play "Descending." Uh, I think that should be just left off because nobody can hit that. Nobody can play that part, that outro or that intro, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't say shelve it, but it's. I get sad when I hear it, and it's not him doing it, but. I'll tell you that Matt Salcom is a pretty good uh, replacement there. Oh, he is. He is. He uh, he's very good. I was impressed by him the, the one time that I saw him in on the, uh, all the shows that I have downloaded. Uh, was very impressed by him. Well, Jessica, this has been a real pleasure. A very unexpected uh, afternoon for me. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, you you have any? Are you catching Magpie any this summer? Because I know they're they're going to be up in your part of the country a lot. Oh yeah, so I don't know who made that tour schedule, but they had me in mind. <laughs> maybe that was your friends, Finn. Uh, I'm hoping to maybe see them. Uh, in it. I'm hoping that. Well, I'm hoping they're going to announce a lot more shows because they are. They have they are. announced a lot, and the closest they're coming to me is um, is Atlanta right now, and I, I like to go over there and see them. It's kind of cool seeing them uh, in their hometown. Um, but uh, anyway, Jessica, like I said, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, this is kind of how I wanted to do this, just two fans talking and uh, nothing prepared or, or researched, just uh, raw and off the cuff. And uh, is this your first ever podcast? Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Did, you did great. Oh, thank you. You did great. Um, I do want to tell everybody to uh, follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed. And like I said, subscribe to the podcast on um 
Apple Podcast and uh, SoundCloud. And also we have a uh, Instagram account that uh, I'm trying to be more active on. So uh, as the summer goes along and, and uh, I go to different things, I hope to uh, upload some pictures. And a, a big thanks to Jessica for taking time out of her day to uh, talk to a fellow Morgan. And uh, I will, uh, Chris and I will be back next week, and we will see you guys later. Thank you.